0: Hi everyone, welcome to Being Patient Brain Talks. I'm Deborah Kahn, founder of Being Patient. Well, we're gonna talk about a topic today that impacts all of us, and that is sleep and the quality of your sleep. Uh, joining us is Laura Lewis. She is a researcher a sleep researcher at Boston University. She's done many studies on sleep and including a recent one on how deep sleep um, impacts um, the brain and um, can it really clear plaque from your brain um, which of course we know uh, could lead to the road to Alzheimer's. So Laura, thanks very much for joining us Thank you for having me. It's great to talk with you. So let's just start first with um, understanding. I mean, I know there's been, you know, I, I have a tracker now and I'm obsessive about tracking my sleep, how much deep sleep I need to get uh, REM, et cetera. Tell us what is the what should we be worried about? Um, light sleep, deep sleep REM. What is the most crucial in terms of brain health? Oh, so that's actually kind of a tough question because
1: especially as a sort of sleep professional, I think all, all parts of sleep are important. Um, so um, one thing I do like to mention at the beginning is I'm not a medical doctor, so I don't give clinical advice on how to sleep, um, but there's many different stages of sleep and each of them seems to be important in a different way. So it's not necessarily that one of them's the most important but that they each serve a different purpose maybe for the brain.
0: Okay. So tell us a little bit about what you're, I mean, I know you've now done a number of studies on sleep, um, but, but talk us through the progression of what you've learned. Sure. Yeah. So, um, I think, you know,
1: our most recent study is, is maybe the one that's very uh, interesting for this community, which is we wanted to understand, um, you know, what might be happening in the fluids in the brain, um, uh, during sleep. And so the reason that we wanted to know this is there had been a lot of previous, you know, fascinating work showing that sleep is really critical for brain health, and that it, uh, disrupted sleep seems to be associated with uh, neurodegenerative disease. Um, and groups like Mike Nadergaard's group and David Holtzman's group have shown that sleep is also important for um, the levels of toxic proteins such as amyloid beta in the brain. So we wanted to understand um, why it might be that sleep is such an unusual state um, for these um, for these kinds of dynamics. And so our study used brain imaging to look at what's happening in cerebrospinal fluid in the brain during sleep. Um, And that's a liquid that envelops the brain, um, it cushions it, it's important for things like waste clearance from the brain. Um, And so we ended up having people come into the lab at midnight or so um, and getting brain scans while they were sleeping. Um, And what we saw is that when people would fall asleep, we would actually see these large waves of fluid that seem to kind of wash through the brain. Um, and so that was really fascinating to us, just the fact that there are waves of fluid in the brain that during sleep. That alone was a kind of interesting observation. We also went on to image different aspects of brain function, and we realized that a specific pattern of electrical activity that happens in the brain during sleep, um, it's followed by a wave of blood oxygenation and then the wave of fluid. So it seems that all of these things are coupled together. Um, and so, you know, we're very intrigued to understand what these waves of fluid might actually mean and the consequences for brain health.
0: Okay, so l- just to put it into layman's terms, yes. um, the way that I've understood it, someone like I'm going to use non-scientific vocabulary um, is, you know, we sleep, and that's when we our brain really associates new learning with old learning, um, and then on top of it, something called the microglia come out, which are the janitors of our brain that kind of sweep away all of um, all of the bad stuff uh, while we're we're sleeping. So when you're talking about About the um, cerebrospinal fluid Mm -hmm. is that where our microglia is is this is this what you're tracking? So what we're measuring is
1: on a very different scale than what's been measured before and so like you say there's been lots of fascinating studies looking at the micro scale so what's happening in individual cells what's happening in the fluid between cells Um, and if you think about um, you know, the way waste would need to leave the brain, it would need to come out of the tissue and it would eventually need to kind of exit that um, and make it through, you know, through the space and actually kind of be drained away. Um, and so um, work in animals has been done really interesting things to look at these kind of microstructures. Um, and our study focused sort of on a different spatial scale. Um, so the cerebrospinal fluid dynamics that we measure, um, it actually is sort of all around the brain, kind of enveloping it. Um, and, So you can think about it as that, um, you know, anything that was eventually kind of making its way out of brain tissue would make it into this fluid. Now, we didn't measure those, you know, those things making their way out. We sort of measured the fluid itself and it's kind of um, pulsing around the brain, if that makes
0: sense. So is, is the, does the amount of sleep you get, is that directly correlated to the amount of fluid that's in the brain? So it wasn't actually the amount of
1: fluid, but it was how fast it was flowing. Um, So, what we found is that um, when people were sleeping, it started to flow in these large waves. Um, And so, when they're awake, your, your fluid is always pulsing a little bit as you breathe or as your heart beats. But then when you fall asleep, it starts to kind of gush in waves.
0: about washing away that toxic pro, um, substance? I mean, it, can you actually see um, within the fluid that th- these the plaque is actually coming out? Or how, how do you determine that?
1: No, yeah. So in our study, we're not measuring that. And I know that um, everyone's really interested in that, and we're very interested in that. But that was not something we measured in this study. So um, the reason we were curious about why this fluid might be moving was because of previous studies by people who were... Um, Uh, using mice, for example, and they would actually kind of attach a tracer and watch these things be cleared directly. And our study doesn't do that. What it did was try and understand why why might things be being cleared differently in sleep? But because we were um, imaging non-invasively in humans, we couldn't track the proteins themselves. We're just watching the fluid. Um, So I'm very interested to do follow-up studies now where we try and kind of think of a different way to do these measurements where potentially we could measure both of these things at the same time.
0: So how does this all relate, though, to the microglia, taking it back to the microglia? Is it is I mean, micro, as I understand it, microglia come out um, at a particular time of sleep. So our the quality of sleep means it's that's better for our brains. I think that's already been established. Right. Um so- so, definitely good sleep is good yeah. for your
1: brain. It's good for
0: a lot of things it's good for your sanity it's good for your yes. parent, parenting it's good for a lot of things it's general for, happiness yes um but i guess that what you're trying to determine is are we actually um extracting the beta amyloid plaque is it a cleansing process which would and if you indicate that it is then that would actually prove that there's a link between the quality of sleep and your risk for dementia is that right so I think the way yeah so
1: it's a really interesting question I think the way that I would think of it is that these may be things happening at different stages Um, so um you know it may be that microglia are sort of you know working away inside the tissue um and then um as things are exiting the tissue, they also need a path to exit. If that—that's sort of the best analogy I can come up with with that. Um, so you know, one would sort of you know work in the brain, and the other would be the kind of river flowing away from it is the way I would put it. Um, in terms of the link with dementia, you know, I, I think it is pretty well established now that you know sleep really is altered um, in uh, in patients with dementia, um, and the actual kinds of aspects of sleep that are altered are the same ones that we saw were associated with these flow waves in our study. So that's part of, you know, our study was entirely in healthy young adults. So, you know, we wanted to understand what's happening normally in kind of youthful, um, typical brains in the sort of twenties and thirties. And so, you know, our study would predict that if you did the same imaging in patients with dementia, you would see less of that flow, um, but that's exactly what we want to actually do now in a follow-up study: is check whether that prediction is true.
0: So, when you looked at the healthy, um, uh, the participants who are healthy in their twenties and thirties, were you able to um, determine um, what a what a normal um, flow of these toxins would be? I mean, is there a, is is there a way to kind of say, okay, we know that. Sleep is eliminating X percentage of toxins in our brain. So we,
1: I would say, from this study, no, yeah, we didn't, we didn't measure sort of toxins or or protein clearance directly in this study. Um, what we are able to see is kind of how how rapidly and how often you you see these flow waves. Um, and so I think that there's a sort of critical next study to be done where you measure these ways and then you also directly measure you know whatever kind of um, waste products you would want to track at the same time so maybe that's amyloid maybe it's something else um, and I think that that will be critical to have that next study um, to actually to, to actually start to answer the question that you asked which I just can't answer yet, unfortunately.
0: So do we, I mean, this is kind of a little bit of a tangent, but it does come up because as we know, people with dementia um, suffer from a disruption in their sleep patterns, um, you know, commonly. Um, And, you know, we we're always, um, we always see the comment, well, is it okay to take a sleep aid? And recently uh, on being patient, we had the FDA just recently um, approved a sleep drug um, for dementia patients. Um, But is that real sleep if we're, or is that mimicking sleep do we know do we know is sleep just sleep or if it's aided by medication is that actually changing the process um, um, of what naturally occurs in our brain
1: yeah that's such an important question Um, and you know different sleep drugs are drugs are different and so different they have different mechanisms of action and they will often sort of mimic different aspects of sleep. One might look more like the normal electrical brain activity. One might look more kind of behaviorally what we typically see. Um, And so uh, in terms of what it means for this process, since we just discovered it, we don't know yet um, what happens with various medications. And I I really would like to to do that study now as well. I think it's it's a very important question that I would love to investigate. Um, In the meantime, I think, yeah, people's physicians are the best recommenders of whether they should be taking those or
0: not. So what's the next, um, so you said you're moving on to people with dementia in your next study. Tell us a little bit about the scope of that study and exactly what you will be measuring.
1: Yeah, so firstly, we, we want to understand um, how are these waves affected? Um, how are they affected in healthy aging? Because a lot of things change in the brain in healthy aging um, that aren't related to dementia. Um, and so it's important to not just study people with dementia, but also to study people who are kind of of the same age Um, but are aging healthily, and to understand what the difference is there Um, so that's going to be a critical piece of it Um, and then the other is we'd like to develop a more kind of um, we'd like to add a measure of exactly what you're interested in actually measuring some kind of protein um, in the brain at the same time and not just measuring fluid flow, because it's going to be very important to know you know whether and how those two things are related.
0: To, to be clear, I mean, we all have a certain amount of beta amyloid in our brains. Um, it's just when things go wrong and they overproduce, that's what leads to dementia or presumably leads to dementia. Is that right?
1: There, yeah. So there's, of course, a lot of, of research trying to understand exactly what leads to dementia. And so the exact kind of thing that's the cause, of course, is what we would all like to know for sure. Um, but the, one of the kind of diagnostic factors for something like Alzheimer's is that you see that there's aggregation of these things, like Emily, that they're sort of, um, you know, they're sort of building up um, in the brain.
0: Did you see more fluid um, in the healthy studies? Did you see more fluid in different stages of sleep, um, you know, in, in particular stages like deep sleep or REM or, or whatever? That's a great question. So um, what we saw, uh,
1: we actually didn't study REM sleep. So we still don't know if this happens in REM sleep or not. Um, we Most of our data was in a substage of non-REM called N2 sleep. And that's kind of like an intermediate sleep. Um, and then we saw a lot of these waves in this kind of intermediate stage of sleep. We also looked at lighter sleep, the kind of sleep you have very early in the night for you know actually a much smaller amount of time. And we didn't see much of these. It's possible there's a little bit that we couldn't tell, but definitely once people went into this intermediate and two stage, then we saw a lot of the waves. Um, it will be very uh, interesting for us to check REM sleep as well um, and to also you know, investigate the, the deepest stages more as well. So
0: this study didn't include deep sleep?
1: Very little, actually. Most of it was, uh, most of it was intermediate. It did include some deep sleep, um, but the, the majority of the data was intermediate.
0: Okay. And and why did you focus on the intermediate um versus ram versus you know what wh- why what was it about that stage in Yeah it's actually it's kind of um it's sort of reflecting just
1: how challenging it is to do these experiments um so the reason you know in part that people haven't done any of these is it's just very difficult to image the brain with all of these different things while someone is also sleeping. Um, And it takes a lot of help from the participant, right? That they, they have a ton of different equipment and some kind of advanced techniques that we're using and they have to sleep at the same time. And so at the end of the day, there's this very kind of, low-tech limitation that people find it hard to sleep for a long time. And so we were able to kind of do this study and catch these kinds of early phases of sleep, but we weren't able to kind of scan someone over the full night and catch the later stages of sleep.
0: Okay. Yeah. And do we know though like in terms of quality of sleep do we know the proportion of what we should get for light deep you know intermediate or rem or or I've yeah. I have to be honest I now that I have a tracker and I track my sleep I'm more confused than ever because I I get a little bit of deep um you know a little bit of rem a lot of light and I'm like is that normal
1: Yeah. So keep in mind for those trackers that, you know, the way we really define sleep, we do it purely based on like the electrical activity of the brain. So the trackers are doing the best that they can, but, um, you know, they're usually using your motion or your heart rate. So they can't, um, they can't really tell you, you know, each little bit of every stage that you have. And so for example, people who maybe move a lot more during their sleep, that'll kind of throw off some of these potentially as well. Um, For for non-rapid eye movement sleep, so non-REM, usually you spend about 70% of it in this intermediate stage, um, and about 15% in light sleep and 15% in deep sleep. Um, And then REM um, you do later in the night. Um, And so that's sort of, you know, usually only in the second half of the night you start to switch into to more of of this REM sleep. Everybody's different too. You know, sleep is very individualized you know there's these lucky people who need very little sleep um, and then there's people who need a lot of it and people have different amounts of these rhythms and we're still learning you know exactly how each of these dynamics relates to that individual's brain function.
0: okay so what how many people are you recruiting for this next study and just to sum it up, um, what do you hope you know by the end of the study? So I'm hoping to recruit
1: 60 people. Um, and I would really like for us to know um, whether and how these waves of fluid are affected um, in healthy aging or in people who are you know at risk for dementia or uh, you know perhaps you know moving towards developing it Um, and if we could understand you know where they're coming from and their functional importance then I would hope that we would also start to generate some ideas about what we could potentially do to modulate these things um, and to you know hopefully think about how could we you know potentially help in the longer term to address these problems
0: well it seems that your research should go hand in hand or another study should be launched about sleep aids and what they do i mean because if, yeah. if if we do determine that sleep is really good for um, flushing toxins um, out of our brain, um, then you know how reliable are taking sleep medications in order to mimic that same process? Um, you know, because that seems like it could be an easy fix. Not that I'm saying everyone should rush out and pop sleeping pills, because you know we know they're addictive and everything. But just wondering, um, you know, like. Is, is, do we believe that, um, I mean, do you believe that by the end of the study, we can conclude maybe that more sleep is beneficial for perhaps one step towards pre- preventing um, dementia?
1: You know, it might be, so firstly, I I really agree. I think we need to investigate uh, sleep medications. I, I've previously done a lot of work on um, anesthesia, um, and so looking at, you know, different kinds of drugs that modulate states of consciousness and how they um, alter brain activity. And so I think that, um, you know, a lot of what we've learned in the case of anesthesia, which is very different from sleep, um, but it has this kind of controlled pharmaceutical way to induce it, um, could be used to try and understand what effects the drugs have for, for sleep. What, what was the conclusion with anesthesia? oh we were trying to understand why it is that people lose consciousness during anesthesia and what we found is that it seems as if different parts of brain networks um, have trouble communicating with each other and it's that kind of um, communication breakdown that seems to be involved so that's probably quite different than in sleep where in sleep your your, your brain is trying to kind of strengthen memories um and things like that but in terms of i'm sorry what was the second part of your question
0: um, no, I, I, I was just wondering how, um, you know, uh, just sleep aids and dementia and whether or not, you know, w- whether there was like a specific, yeah. of sleep. you know, it might not be that a specific
1: um, stage of sleep is critical as much as it might be, for example, that specific patterns of brain activity within a stage, right? So we, during a specific stage of sleep, you, you will have certain kinds of events and maybe you could have the same amount of sleep, but a different amount of these events. are happening within that stage so that's the other thing we have to look at
0: okay and someone is just asking um what's the age group you're looking for for this study is there is there an age restriction i mean it sounds like you don't want people with diagnosis but more mci headed towards that memory loss is that right
1: yep that's right um uh so we're, we're still in process, so I can't um, actively recruit for anything right now because we always kind of go through our, our ethical institutional um, approval board. So everything is rooted through BU for recruitment. So I don't recruit on Facebook, but, okay. um, but we, are, um, we are planning this, this study.
0: So how do people find out when you're ready? Um, how do people find out? Where do they go to find out more about this study?
1: Uh, People are welcome to uh, look at our lab website, um, which is uh, on the BU um, Engineering School um, and that describes all the kind of research that we're doing and contact information for the lab for people who want to reach out as well.
0: Great, thank you so much um, Laura and please um, come back and tell us we're you know obviously actively interested in this topic. Um, I think whether you're a caregiver or a person diagnosed um, with dementia, the topic's really important to all of us. Um, and certainly we want to know exactly how uh, sleep relates to our brain health. So please do uh, come back and tell us the results of the study and we'll be looking for results um, as well and keeping abreast of your research. Will do. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, great to talk with you. Thanks so much for joining us. Now, um, for all of these interviews, of course, you could go to beingpatient.com. We are going to post these interviews. Um, We're always looking and actively um, interested in knowing what topics you want to know about. Um, We have a way uh, to connect directly with the researchers. So please um, leave us a comment or you can email us at um, info at beingpatient.com and we will uh, cover a topic that um, you'd like to hear or or, um, interview a researcher for that matter or an expert you'd like to hear from. So thanks very much for watching and we'll see you next time.